Have you ever noticed that the older you grow, the more, well, pleasure and, and strangely warmed heart you experience from giving gifts at Christmas? I don't know about you, but when I was young, a lot of my world was about receiving on this night. And I think there will always be a part of us that loves the receiving and getting gifts this night. But I do think that many of us discover as we move deeper into life that the experience of being a giver becomes even more profound. And if you have been blessed as I have been, there have been people who have sort of nudged you along the way, people who have taught you how to give and also how to receive. Because it's possible that the joy of giving begins with learning how to receive a gift. I mean, here's my hunch. When you think of some of the best gifts you've ever received, they tend to be special because they, well, they point to a person. There is that special drawing that an art critic might not admire, but it is the gift that you have framed in your study because it reminds you of someone very dear to you when she was eight years old. I read of someone who cherished a letter opener, a letter opener that she received upon her graduation from college. She cherished it because it reminded her of the person who had sort of cheered her along the way, and the way had always wasn't easy. Those are gifts, of course, that are worth giving and getting, and gifts that are worth cherishing. But they're worth cherishing not because the letter opener is particularly sharp or the drawing artistically brilliant, but because those gifts point to the giver. They are gifts of love which are received in love. And your world is never the same after such a gift. So on this night of giving and receiving, I want us to remember how wise and good it is to give and to be open to receiving the gift of love. And it's quite possible that this ability may have been formed and even, even shaped in us by those who loved us when we were young. Perhaps it was the unconditional love of a parent or the unconditional love of a parent figure. I mean, those are gifts that last a lifetime. Those are gifts that shape how we now give and receive love ourselves. And our world should never be the same after a gift like that. This night of giving and receiving, we follow the path to Bethlehem. And the path is wide and well known to us. Tonight we make our way through the streets of our own towns to come to the stable behind the inn. And it's there that we find a gift we truly need. And maybe like the gift of unconditional love, Christ may not be the gift that we are expecting or even the gift that we're asking for. For often we dream or hope for power or success or prestige. But tonight, tonight we receive a child powerless, vulnerable, a prince of peace. After a gift like this, friends, 
our world should never be the same. And I want you to consider the impact on human history this simple story has had. Imagine the love generated by the story of the birth of an infant in a Spartan and simple setting, a stable. Think of the hope this story of love has inspired and think how you might give this gift of hope and love to others. As one pastor wrote, if this story of the birth of Christ, I mean, if this story has inspired people to be more kind and generous and compassionate to one another, that would be enough, right? But the birth of Christ is even more than that. This gift is a story about God's love for you and for the world. This is a story that is a vision of what God looks like. Not powerful, but vulnerable and tender. This may not be the gift we are expecting, but it is the gift we need. And our world should never be the same after a gift such as this. A couple of weeks ago, I received a Christmas card, which in retrospect became a gift. It came from someone whose name I did not recognize on the envelope. It was postmarked Kansas City, Missouri. The person in the card wrote that I wouldn't know him, or at least I probably wouldn't remember him. He then added that my predecessor as senior minister, Bob Kemper, that Bob Kemper had once helped him with a gift from this church to get his car fixed. He said he was writing not for money, but basically he needed someone to pray for him. So, Pastor, he asked, will your church pray for me? It's been a really hard year. There's been a lot of sadness. And I don't even know why I'm writing, he added except your church has helped me before. So will they pray for me now? Sincerely, he signed it Roger. And then he added a postscript. And I'm still really thankful for the gifts the church gave me years ago to fix my car. So friends, I thought a bit. And I did what I thought you would want me to do. First, I put Roger's name on our prayer team's list. And I wrote him back and let him know that we were praying for him. I asked how he was doing. I asked if the church could be of support in some way in addition to our prayers. And I added that Bob Kemper was important to a whole lot of us. And on your behalf, I signed it, your friends at the First Congregational Church of Western Springs. May you have a blessed Christmas. So, friends, in your gift-giving tomorrow, and during your prayers for family and friends, will you consider including Roger in those prayers? That is indeed a gift worth giving.
That is who God calls us to be in the story of this night, reminding us that the greatest gift of all is the ability to love and to care for our neighbors, both our neighbors whose names we know and whose names we may never know. That is why the baby was born in Bethlehem so many years ago. It is why the shepherds ran to the stable, why the angels sang, why the wise men searched. Friends, after a gift like that, our world should never be the same. So on this night of hope, may your giving and receiving and praying bring you and others joy. And friends, may you have a blessed and Merry Christmas.